Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is show number 15, and this week we are joined by Neil Piper and Alex Purcell. We talk with the guys a little bit about a few cameras that they have built, uh, some about Alex's 4x5 scanning flow, and a little bit about the Pixelator, which was just launched this week. Diane Peterson was going to be our guest this week, but she's not feeling the best, so we all hope she's feeling better uh, and can join us soon. So Diane, uh, hope you're feeling better. podcast this is show number 15 uh and in tonight's episode um we have some special guests but first andrew how are you doing buddy i'm doing very well cory yes i've uh, just got back from well nearly a week in in amsterdam which sounds wow. sounds lovely if it was a holiday but it was work i was attending a conference for work and uh yeah, we saw the inside of the Novatel, which was just on the outskirts of Amsterdam. That was fun, right? <laughs> and, but we did we did manage to get a taxi yesterday evening into the uh, historic part of Amsterdam, shall we say? Yeah. And um, I was a bit confused, to be honest. I was wondering about. Uh, I had my Nikon camera with me. I didn't have any pinhole cameras because <laughs> somebody has got them all still. But we'll come on to that later. And. Um, <laughs> So I, I was wandering around, and t- there's just all these windows, and and in the windows, uh, these young ladies are just staring into their mobile phones, um, and they're, and they're looking really bored. And I thought, well, they must be listening to the <laughs> must be listening podcast. to the lensless podcast. <laughs> but na- now and again, they put their phones down and kind of smile at you, and uh, I thought, well, that's... But they didn't have much on, so. Um, <laughs> Now, people would go over and talk to them, so goodness knows what was going on there. Mm. So um, we ignored all that nonsense and went and had some beer and some food. You'll be pleased to know. Good. Yeah. Good. So we, we are very much joined by two, two no less special guests. So this is a first for the Lensless yeah. podcast, to, um, particularly with the technology that we have to work with. Um, so... And we've got Mr. Neil Piper. And... Hey, guys. Hello, Neil. And we've got Mr. <laughs> Mr. Alex Purcell at, Gra- at Granny Blur. Hello, Alex. Not to be confused with Alex Yates. Yeah. And I'm going to apologize to Alex Yates. If you um, received a bunch of invites for the show, Alex, uh, they were actually going to Alex Purcell. That was my mistake, so I'm apologizing now, man. <laughs> so, I, Alex, look, let's start with you. I would be really offended, okay? Corey is going, oh, yeah, we've got these special guests coming on. And he doesn't even know who you are, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so you should be. So you should be. Anyway, Alex, <laughs> it's lovely to have you on. Alex and I have met uh, on a few occasions. We met at the uh, photography show in Birmingham. Uh, in, in, uh, what was that, in March, was it? I can't remember yeah, that. Yeah. And then we had the pleasure to meet up in Cardiff Bay for a bit of a... Uh, a session with some swans, shall we say, so we can talk about that later. But Alex, um, a little bit of background from you, you know, who are you, where do you live, and how did you get into uh, analog photography? That's probably a good starting point. Right. Um, yeah, well, I, I've, um, I live in sort of southwest Wales, Swansea, but um, I've, I got into photography before digital was around, and um, my dad was a fantastic photographer, and not as a profession, but just um, very sort of keen 
uh, sort of hobbyist, along with like rest- restoring classic cars and things. And he'd write about uh, classic cars and take the photographs, which were published with his articles that he wrote about them. Um, and my older brother as well was really, really sort of massively into photography and studied it in college and things. So it was always around. But uh, and early on in my, you know, through my childhood, I, I didn't see it as, there was something that my brother did rather than me. So I was kind of just into playing guitar and stuff like that. But it was only in my late teens that um, as I started to, well, I, I'd always been, I grew up in a, a valley which had, had been a sort of, it was all sort of coal mining around the area that I lived, um, which died out pretty much as I was, you know, as I was growing up. So there were lots of very fresh, uh, freshly sort of abandoned mine workings and uh, loads and loads of derelict buildings, which is not far from where I lived. Um so just by kind of going out exploring and walking around these areas that that's what sort of drew me into photography was um it was a sort of natural thing to do really just to record it was sort of fantastic sort of sights that i was seeing it was um a great thing that just went along with what what i was already doing and exploring those areas um did you you find it was a natural thing for you to just did you suddenly decide one day, actually, why aren't I photographing this? Or yeah, did you just happen to have your camera with you one day? Well, no, uh, my very good friend, Phil, that uh, I kind of grew up with, his parents were very good friends with my parents. So my he was he's six years older than me, but we kind of you know grew up, went on holidays together and things. He was really passionately into photography and um, developed at home and things. And early on, I didn't. I just kind of used the local lab. Um, just shot in colour, but it was his enthusiasm for photography and the, the two of us being really kind of interested in the, the same sort of scenery. Um, so we were always out walking together every opportunity that we had. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that, in that early period, it was, you know, just colour stuff and all the lab de- developed and, um, you know, I was yeah. kind of interested in photography. I like doing long exposure stuff. There's a lot of waterfalls as well in the. So not you far were, you, you were, even then, you were, were you looking for something other than pin sharp images in those days, or you clearly, if you're doing waterfalls, were you trying to do those long yeah, exposures? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, long exposures and a lot of night photography. Although I, I didn't, I'd never heard of reciprocity failure. Right. Um, no, we so, don't understand what that is. Do you know, I didn't know what it was, and all my shots were muddy and awful but did uh, you um did your dad do much color or was he pretty much just doing black and white um he yeah mainly color that you know later on i've got all his negatives now sadly he passed away three years ago Uh, but he obviously he was into it from when he had his first job in sort of mid 50s um i've got all of his negatives from then till till you know all of the 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 film stuff that he shot that's awesome Um, yeah it's amazing there's some really uh, fantastic shots a lot of kind of motorsport stuff but just things that he saw around him um he had a really good eye for it are you planning Uh, to are you planning to do anything with your dad's negatives yeah um well i'm not sure really sure what i've uh, it's i i yeah i do need to do something with it i need to go through it and scan everything and um, kind of just bring it together just so me and my, my brother Ed um, can have, you know, I've got a, a copy of everything 
um, yeah, it would be good to, to do something. Maybe just to turn it in, a lot of it into a, a book or something would be you cool. Could, cool. You could do a. I forget who I was looking at online recently. Who a photographer who photographed in the Welsh valleys in the seventies, I think, maybe sixties or seventies, and he's famous, but for goodness' sake, I can't remember his name. And he's right. just gone back and revi- and uh, or maybe someone else has just gone back and revisited the spot where he went. Obviously, there was mine workings. And right. now there aren't any mine workings, and he's managed to find um, the same little boy who's now like sixty, and he's re-photographed him in the same places. So okay. there's this idea of time passing and continuity, and maybe you could link up those old photographs with, um, you know, not all, not something as maybe trite as here and now, but something along those yeah. lines, you know, where you could, um, you know. Give you okay. a bit of a give you a bit of a project, yeah. Or or or, or use pinholes where he used to use um, whatever yeah. SLR or TLR he was using. That's yeah. right. Yeah, TLR. A lot of my sort of childhood was shot through uh, an exacta and uh, Rolleiflex, so we yeah. got some yeah. you know, beautiful shots at that time. But cool. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, yeah my. By sort of early years of interest, although yeah, I think I was quite late really coming around to it because I was probably about eighteen before I got my first SLR. Um, yeah, considering me, me too, I think about that age. Right. Yeah. So I was, I was already kind of immersed in it, but sort of thought that everybody else had it covered really. And <laughs> um, were you? Who were your? Did you start sort of looking wider, reading books, and going online? I guess. When I started photography, there wasn't such a thing as online. But when you're a lot, oh, young, you're right, a lot younger yeah. than me, but you you presumably mm. could go online and research other. I th- I don't think I had the internet oh, back yeah. then, so this was sort of pre two thousand, and I don't but, know at what point I got the internet. And but Andrew, it. you yep. had stone tablets, so it was there, <laughs> right? Oh, I did. You know, I, I, I you just <laughs> can't keep him quiet, can you? <laughs> They've mm. got good archival qualities. <laughs> I have negatives going back to 1986 in my darkroom. They, pro- they probably shouldn't be in the darkroom, really, but they are. Hey. So what led you on to pinhole photography, Alex? Was it, um, was well, it just a kind of accident, or were you looking deliberately looking for something a bit different? It's, it's often the case. It was... Um, my dad left me two cameras, and I had them kicking around for a while, and I thought, uh, you know, what am I going to do with them? I was kind of, I'd gone through my digital dark ages, which had just seen my enthusiasm plummet um, to the point where I was just like, well, I, it, Instagram sort of helped in a way that I was seeing how things could look, you know, with different, uh, without just using the one sensor of whichever camera you had. Um, but yeah, I thought, well, I can't sell these cameras unless I've actually run a film, a film through them. And uh, one of the cameras was a Nikon F301, which is just a sort of consumer um, SLR. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was given a role film by my mate Phil and went out and shot that role, got them developed. And the guy um, at the local photography shop who did this, the sort of C41 stuff for me, he said... As he gave me the negatives, he said, oh, there's some good shots there. I was just quite positive about it. And just a few people who'd kind of given a little positive nudge on it kind of 
um, I don't know, it was just had quite an impact, I think. I mean, when I saw the shots, I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, they do look really good. And I, I realised that I'd spent so much time with digital kind of getting frustrated, trying to make it look interesting and, you know, like the look of it. It was already done if I just shot film. Mm-hmm. And that was a real eye-opener. I just thought I was all of a sudden hooked. Why search? And, why search for the look of something like film using digital, which, which is fine. It has its place. I've got. I'm certainly not anti-digital. Why not just use film if that's the look? That's you want? right. Yeah, for what I'm doing, it was. Yeah. Uh, it just hadn't occurred to me until I saw the shots myself. I thought, oh God, this is actually, yeah, this, you know, this is what I've, you know, what I've been uh, looking for really. You read? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a, uh, so that got me shooting film, um, and I ended up buying a few cameras on eBay and things. Um, but then, about six months later, just getting more and more into it, really, I was searching through, you know, looking through things on Flickr, and I stumbled across uh, some pinhole shots by um, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I, I've got Cor- Corey Corey Cannon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was shortly it would have been Flickr. <laughs> the, the, the first guy I discovered was uh, somebody in Sweden. Called, um, well, he goes under Nyman Photo. Um, I'll mention him in the shout outs, but his, he was using a zero image and just doing sort of waterfall shots and things like that. And I was totally captivated by these pinhole shots that he'd taken. So I was going on and on about it at home. My wife picked up on that and she bought me a zero image camera for Christmas. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Good, so, good, good hint making. Failing yeah. that, failing that. <laughs> Do what I do and just buy it yourself. Give it to your yeah, wife yeah. and says, "Here's my Christmas present." Yeah. Well, either one or two things happened. Either she really wanted to get it for you, or she was just tired of hearing you talk That's about right, it here. Yeah. Just go. Yeah, latter, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. But it came really quickly. It came from China, and she was like, "I think within like two days of ordering it, it turned up." So she thought, "Oh God, this oh. must be this must be like it can't be right. It can't have come all that way so quickly." So she didn't wait till Christmas. She gave it to me earlier because she was partly concerned that she'd been conned, that it wasn't what she thought it was. Um, but yeah, it was quite funny because she was like, oh, well, you'll get an extra you know, couple of months use out of it. Well, I hope yeah. she got, so, I hope like, she got well, you another Christmas present. Otherwise, oh, she's a bit of a cheapskate. It? <laughs> it, was, it was a sad morning then, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, you right. had your Christmas present in September. And it was the, it was the comment of, you'll have an extra couple of months use out of it. I was like, hmm. We're measuring things by the point of my demise now. I'm a little bit young for that. <laughs> well, you could, you could have just taken a look at it and said, yep, that's it. Put it back in the box and no. given it to it. No, no. Yeah, yeah. maybe somebody could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. So was that the, um, that was the zero image 2000, a six by six? That's image. right, yeah. 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 Cool. It's brilliant. I, I, I love it. It's great. I would done a gather of us get rid yeah. of that. It's, it's, uh, it's, did you notice camera. that... Uh, Todd Schlemmer, who does, who's going to come on the show at some point, Todd, um, he, he's just offered for sales a replacement lid. The top, yeah. The top, where you can yeah, wind, wind. wind the film backwards and forwards to make it yep. almost as versatile as a um, reality. Reality, yeah. That's right. That looks awesome. Uh, that's my own... only... Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, that was my... I have zero image, too, and that's the only... That's the only really gripe, but I guess that's the only other one you can really have with that camera is just uh, not being able to go back, you know? That's right. It's so yeah. easy to overshoot yeah. the shot, it's, and then you've got to split the difference on the next one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with uh, 
it seems like Kodak and Ilford, uh, maybe Kodak's a little worse, but the numbers are kind of light. Yeah. They're printed kind of light. Uh, so if you're, not, are, yeah. Yeah, if you're not looking into light just right, you're, oh, my God, I'm on four. You know, you're looking for two. So. I've just gone straight through a roll of portrait before. Like, oh, right yikes. to the end. Hang on. I'm supposed <laughs> huh? to see something at some point. Yeah, right. <laughs> So you um Funny. you got your zero and were you still shooting color at that point or with the black and white? No, that's right. I'd, I'd already started developing at home. Yeah, uh, the black and white stuff. Cool. So yeah. And what what film were you using then? Is it something that you've stuck with today? Um, I'm trying to think now. Um, yeah, lots of Ilford really. Well, I suppose HP five, yeah, uh, FB four. I've quickly discovered when I started developing at home. I really love that. You can you can expose HP five, and that you just guess really. That's what I did for years, and it was it was an educated guess. I'd use the little dial on the back and and then add a bit on for what I was guessing as reciprocity. You know, right. well you were used to using sundials too before clocks came around. So that just oh, be quiet. Right so after <laughs> this is what um, Stonehenge was for. Yes, <laughs> pinhole. Oh, someone else is piping up in the background. I can't keep. Look, I'm in charge here. You be quiet, Neil Piper. Get back in your box. <laughs> hey, I, I, I didn't. I didn't say a thing. I'm just. I'm just sitting here quietly. Well, we'll come on to you in a minute because um, I've got a couple of bones to pick with you. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you. Sure you have. <laughs> anyway, hey, I've got one of those bones sitting right here on the, uh, on the desk. You probably Ooh. have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Alex, forget those other people while we're having this intimate conversation. Just yeah. you and me. No one else. So, but more recently, you've got into, I know this because I've seen you use it, you've got into 4x5, haven't you? Or 5x4, mm. whichever way the Americans like to call it. That's right, yeah. I'm never sure which way. I think 4x5, I would say. But yeah. 4x5, right. yeah, that's what we do. And, we, and I got we, my inspiration from your camera, actually, honestly. Um, I saw what you were doing with it, and I was like, oh, wow, that's, that looks like it works pretty good. All right, uh, cool. So that's why I built mine. Awesome. I think you did a better job of it than I did. Yeah. I don't know. Mine, mine has a really, I have to come up with a better uh situation for um keeping the the film holder in the camera tight right. um right now i'm using that black uh photo phot photography tape that's like the opaque black tape you know oh, uh, and i have okay. strips that go around it because I, I couldn't figure out where the light leak was and i haven't taken time to go out and come up with some kind of what do you use alex well the first four by five i built was uh what i called big muff which was uh, the, sorry the, the big muff. <laughs> That's my first big muff. Yeah. Big muff. Yeah, yeah. Big muff. If I was just we'll gloss gloss over that, considering where I've just come from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You no, know, I, I um, yeah, I play guitar as well, and there's a particular distortion pedal it's called fuzz pedal, yeah. which is the Electra Harmonics big muff, uh, um, which I bought probably twenty odd years ago, and it came in a plywood box. And uh, I thought at the time I thought oh, that's just a fantastic box. I'll put it to one side. There'll be a use for that at some point. And then yeah, eventually it. Uh, I was looking for something to make a pinhole camera out of, and it was just about the right size. Um, and it's got the, the the logo printed on it and things. So it was just well, that was the reason for calling it that. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that that one was. I just used thin wooden strips to build it out to the right size to fit the 4x5 holder um, and then I I had a brief sort of period where I was into dinghy sailing 
and I bought some bits and pieces. I bought a boat, and I've got bits and pieces to kind of improve you br- it. You it's... broke it up to make a pinhole camera. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, it's still sat there at the moment, but the bits and pieces that I bought for it didn't end up going on it. The, the sort of cam cleats and uh, shock cord and things yep. were what I had lying around and ended up being how I held the 4x5 tightly onto the back. So you're cool. using something on my folding camper. I have like a transit cord, which is a la- thick, elasticated, right. almost almost thin bungee cord something like yeah, that yeah that's it yeah that sort of thing um but the second one i built was oh, well th- that first one big muff i spent a little while after buying the zero image what well, being given the zero image my mate good old mate phil gave me a holger wide the wpc oh uh, pinhole which he, he <laughs> that's had an amazing on. camera if you can ever get your hands on one you should really get one and no matter what yeah. you do okay <laughs> This Stop is it, a please. contentious <laughs> issue, I know. <laughs> so I was given one, and but, you know, Phil was very generous like that, and that was great. Um, I can't remember what's going with that. Uh, I think I think that was all you needed to yeah, say, wasn't it, Alex? Yeah. Just drop that in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, got, got, you one. got one, and you got it for free. That's yeah. right. I don't use it often, but it's there if I need to. <laughs> On to Neil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough of Alex. We'll uh, we'll get rid of him. So, but you, um, uh, when we met up, we met up. We, you, you were rattling through film uh, pretty quickly, as if you, could, if you, if one can rattle through four by five film. But you, you were in full flow, and I was very impressed. And um, you were even using it to photograph swans, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, sheep. Got... And sheep. <laughs> that's right. You have to hold those sheep steady. Okay. <laughs> well, there's more sheep than people in. Wait, so if yeah, you're going to go out and shoot portraits, if you if sort of three out of four aren't of sheep, mm. then you're misrepresenting them. Definitely. Well, if right. you get their if you get their back legs and shove them in your wellies, then you can <laughs> you can if you just lean over the sheep, you can hold the pinhole camera in front of the sheep, and it'll be fine. That's that's technically an action shot, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> depends if you have somebody there with a video camera. Yeah. <laughs> but you, were you experimenting with paper? Paper negatives first. Um, but be, look, stop it. Yes. Will you, will you stop bringing the show down to the gutter, Corey Cannon? Um, were you experimenting with paper negatives to start with? No, I first bought uh, Phil again. He gave me some former pan which he hadn't used. Uh, One hundred um, ISO four by five former pan. So that was what I got through first of all with my. Um, Holders. Oh, well, actually, no. I did try some paper at some point with one of the four by fives. Come, which one that was? I uh, but was. I didn't have much luck with it because it was multi-grade, so it was either black or white. Yeah, there was nothing in between, and I didn't really understand why. Um, so I just struggled with it a bit. Got a bit frustrated with it. You then eventually, be able, you should tried... be able to get a. You should be able to get tone, shouldn't you, with multi-grade paper? Well, it's. It seemed I did. Um, some tests where you kind of do two seconds and expose a bit more paper to another two seconds. And mm-hmm. um, it was either, there was a point where it was completely black or completely white with um, white, white light. I think it's the fact that you need to put a filter in to um, help with it, get those tones out of the middle. Yeah. Or maybe you, um, certainly with some of the direct positive paper, you need to pre-flash it. So you, right. um, you give it a little bit of light just That's to right. just to get through the threshold of yeah, the latent of the latent image that that might help as well. I don't know with paper definitely. When and when I started, I I didn't know anything about pre-flashing, but that kind of makes sense now. 
yeah. Well, we'll move away from pre-flashing as we've already talked about sheep. And, yeah. and your trip to Amsterdam, so. <laughs> so Neil. Yeah, Neil. Should we, should we drop Alex? Yeah, should we drop Alex? It's <clears throat> probably a good idea. First of all, though, uh, have you good got job. You, good job, Alex. Neil, Alex. you've been sitting. Yeah, good job, Alex. You've been sitting there quietly in the background. Um, you got any questions? Yeah. Hello, by the way, but have you got any questions Hi. for uh, Mr. Purcell that we've missed? In our... No, no. I, well, I was just thinking, uh, Alex, we spoke briefly about the use of um, like graded paper, didn't we? Yes. Um, did you did you try that at all? Yeah, I did. I ended up buying some grade two Ilford sure, paper, yeah. which has we been did. much better for paper negatives and contact sheets as well. Um, right. I was, I was going to say, I, I bought, I think probably on your advice, some of the grade two Ilford stuff and was using that for paper negatives. And that was a lot. They were still quite contrasty, but there was there was definitely more than just black and white. Right, it worked a lot better. Yeah. Anyway, Mister Mister Neil Piper, sorry, did I cut you off there, Alex? No, it's all right. Yeah, I was just going to say when I did those tests, um, where you kind of look for uh, like two seconds exposing more and more of the paper, doing that with the graded, you had a nice consistent kind of uh, gradient of tones across the paper instead of just half black, half white. Yeah. So, yeah, it was definitely a better option for. So you'd recommend you have you used the graded paper in your pinhole camera? Did you say or yes? Paper, yeah. yeah, I have, and I've used it in other uh, like a tin. I found a tin box in the cellar which was perfectly five uh, five by seven. Um, put it in that, and that was great. It had a really nice range uh, of. Yes, there's pictures of that on your Instagram feed, aren't there? That's right. Of uh, the RNLI. Uh, yeah. That's oh, it. Yeah, looked, you can see it yeah. looking by the RNLI. Then you've got the picture of that, and then you've got the negative there as well, which is cool. Yeah, and the print, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, Mr. Neil Piper, let's put the Welshman to the side and um, yes, Mr. Bartram, talk yes. with a proper English, <laughs> a proper Englishman. <laughs> <laughs> even Wait, if, even have if we got someone else on the line. Uh, <laughs> no, even if we have got, um, even if you are from Suffolk and I'm, and the other two are from Norfolk, me and Corrie. But anyway, we went. Yeah, we'll gloss over that. Do you want to tell Corey's Norfolk doesn't really count, though. Does yeah, it? No, it doesn't really count. No, no. he's from miles away. <laughs> besides, you, you you got out of your Norfolk and moved to Cambridgeshire. Yep, that's, wherever it is. That's a rum do, boy. Anyway, <laughs> um, Neil, do you want to um, take a few moments to introduce yourself, who you are, um, how you got into photography, what floats your boat photographically? All that, all that sort of stuff, you know. We, you, that, you've listened. You've listened to Alex Purcell, so you, yeah, you can't I'm, you can't do any worse. <laughs> oh no! Well, 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 I was just thinking. I've just I've just had like twenty minutes listening to this fantastic story from Alex. It was good, I'm, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I haven't really got anything to rival that, but I mean, I'll I'll tell you what there is, and you can judge that for yourself. We will. So I uh, I can remember my dad taking photographs but he was he wasn't what i'd say a photographer i can remember him with i have vague memories of what i think was a canon slr of some description and many rolls of kodak gold film but that's about as much as as there ever was so i didn't really get into photography as a whole until probably about i think it was 2011 um i was in my late 20s so again, I was kind of late to it, and my wife and I spent a few months in Europe, specifically France and 
Italy. And being the good tourist that I am, I thought I'm going to take a half-decent camera with me to, to capture this. And I settled on some oh, a Canon Shaw Shot digital computery thing. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I took that and happily shot away with it all the, all the time we were away, and it was it was really fun. And then when we came back, I sort of realised that uh, I enjoyed this this photography lark, and sort of a, a, a DSLR came into the scene. Um, spent uh, done pretty much the standard sort of long exposure stuff, um, being near the coast, like the sea, um, particularly like Southwold was sort of always very common in my work. Um, spent a good while doing that before making the decision to actually go and study it properly. So um, what was it, about four, four, four years ago, I think, uh, went back to university to study a degree in photography. Um, and that was, that was, it was all digital based for the most part, except for the, the very first sort of project that they give you, or that they gave us, they told us that we had to get a, a 35 millimeter SLR and we had to equip ourselves with some slide film. Um, and they, the idea I think being that it made you work on your exposures because there's obviously so little or much less latitude in slide film than there is in color neg. Yep. You had to you had to get it right, so it was a good way of teaching. I think you're t typically talking about maybe five stops as opposed to what could be ten stops or more with color print film. So it's quite you know almost double the latitude with print film. Yeah, well, I'd say it's even less with that. With I mean, I I don't shoot a lot of slide film to film to be honest, but I've I've heard that it's 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 very minimal. I would have personally put it maybe about two or three. Okay, but I don't, I don't know for, for definite. But I, well, that was what they sort of made us do. And then I sort of carried on through the through the few years at university, and it was all it was all digital, and it was a mixture of sort of every every time. Like I was doing sort of still life, and I was doing some automotive stuff, um, a bit of food photography, all the kind of standard genres, if you want to put it that way. Um, and by the final year, um, so like the third, the beginning of the third year, I was. Working, I was actually working with like CGI, and I was working with a CGI artist, and we were doing like I was shooting back plates of places in the UK, and we were putting 3D models of cars in them, and all the time, and that was that was fine, but it was a lot of work, and I was kind of enjoying it at like an 80% level, as it were, um, but all the time I was I was shooting, I I picked up an OM1 that I'd been given by randomly by a neighbour. And I'd been shooting this just sort of on the side, um, not for university. And I was really enjoying that. And I had like a big conversation after or before like my big final project for university with one of my tutors. And he was like, well, why are you not shooting on film? You clearly like you clearly like this method. Why aren't you doing it? And I didn't really have an answer. So I just sort of went into it and shot my final project on, on film, so it was all shot on my own one, and I think maybe my AE one as well, um, and that's still up on on my website. And then, as far as pinhole, um, I have there's a, another tutor there, um, and he he shot a lot of he shot a lot of pinhole work, a lot of large format pinhole work, 
And I'd heard this term pinhole photography banded around quite a lot. I didn't really know what it was. And I sort of spoke to him about it and I was like, oh, that seems kind of cool. Like, so you're telling me you can make uh, a photograph with nothing more than a sealed box and a small hole. And that idea really sort of resonated with me. And the first pinhole camera that I sort of got was one of those, it was a little kit off of Amazon. And I've actually got it still sitting here with me. Uh, so it's like a, you buy it in like several pieces and it clicks, clicks together. It's like you put a 35 millimeter cartridge in one end. It's got a piece of tin foil to make your, your pinhole with. And it's, and that's simply all it is. And I used that for a little while. And to be honest, the pictures that came out of it were proper garbage. But it was it was it was enough, and that wasn't just my photographic skills. That was it was it's a piece of garbage, but that was enough to sort of plant the seed of hey, there's there's something really cool here that I like in pinhole capture. But again, that was kind of put aside, and I started my I finished my degree and I started a master's level degree, um, and that was a lot more theoretical. I spent a lot of time on that in a very sort of pompous fine art way, rationalizing what I was doing and why I was doing it. And I was finding myself more and more. I, I spent a lot of time in the beginning doing what I thought was just testing cameras because well, I don't know if you look at my, anyone who looks at my Instagram feed will see that I acquire a new camera every couple of weeks through car boot sales or, or the or, like, or you just, or people, or people, people give them to, give yeah, them people to. lend them. People, <laughs> yeah. people lend them, stroke, give them, stroke. No, lend. <laughs> stroke. Anyway, carry, carry on. <laughs> no, no yeah, we'll leave, the, we'll leave the stylus epic mute <laughs> debate out of this for now. But I do have two of them, and one of them I only paid £4 for, and one of them I paid 50 pence for. But yeah. You just can't help yourself. I can't. When I see one, they're like attractive to me. One of these days, I'll pass one of them on, but probably not. So, where was I? Where was I then? Yeah. So I was. I. I. I thought what I was doing was sort of just testing these cameras and sort of seeing if they worked and whether I enjoyed using them and what kind of pictures I was getting with them. And it. And I sort of found myself, although I was testing these cameras, what I was really sort of doing was finding what type of camera I like to use, if that makes sense. So. And I was finding myself gravitating more and more to uh, the mechanical rather than the electronic. So uh, a good example would be my my A my Canon AE one was electronic and the shutter was electronic and my OM one, aside from the the light meter in it, was purely mechanical. And I always went for the OM one. Yeah. So uh, just because that was aesthetically for my preference, that one that one was my favourite one. So I would always use that. And then it went a little bit further and a little bit further and the pinhole popped up again. And there was this, like, the the mechanicals again, there's like even less in this. It's just so simple. It's just a hole and a box and some way of allowing the light in through that hole in a controlled manner. And when I really sort of struck properly with pinhole was I was, I was putting together, again, for my master's, uh, a project that I wanted to shoot that was based around memories um, that I had of a particular place on what's called the Island of Mull, just off the west coast of Scotland. So about 10 years ago, I went on what was 
what was my first sort of family holiday with my with my in-laws and like their side of the family and i had like memories of sort of places on this island um around like the house where where we were staying and these memories to me were sort of whether it's the same for everybody or just me i don't know but my memories were sort of black and white and they were slightly slightly soft not out of focus but kind of soft and i wanted to i wanted to return to that place and try and photograph these different places how i remembered them if that makes sense sure so i was working i was trying to work out how to do how to actually do that and then it came it was sort of just and all that sounds like what you're describing is a is a pinhole image and it, it just kind of clicked and it was like huh. yeah i need to go there and i need to photograph them on a pinhole camera so then out of that came uh with the pinhole you saw when when we met up that uh, my wife's that my father-in-law made for me yep so um alex and Corey, you may have seen it on my instagram mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a 120 it, it, it's basically uh now that now it's been made and uh, again i'm holding it in my hand it's basically uh, it's an undo um like a six by nine undo. yes you got your father or father-in-law to rip off undo didn't you really Unin- <laughs> uh, unintentionally yeah when apart from apart from the um those beautiful uh, what are they? Spring-loaded things to cover the... The spoons. They look like spoons, kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's they what do. I was going to ask. They that, do look like spoons, yeah. That's the camera you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, you saw some, yeah. yeah. You saw yeah. You've seen pictures of it, Corey. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, it was... I, I, I used the term loosely. I designed this camera, basically saying... Um, I'd I done the maths on it, and I got some of James's Reality So Subtle pinholes that he sells separately. I yep. got a pack of them. And I said to to Patrick, um, like this is a 0.3 millimeter pinhole. Um, I need you to find a way of situating it 50 millimeters away from this piece of film, and gave him sort of free reign to to come up with it. That's awesome. So it's absolutely amazing. And I said, yeah. so basically, just said it, I need to have a way of rolling the film forwards and backwards. I need to have a way of viewing the because it shoots six by nine and six by six with a mask inside. And so I said, I need a way of viewing the the, like the numbers and it's got to be through red light and I need a way of opening and closing the, the front and that's what he came up with that's cool so that camera was made for for that project and then right. and yeah I've just kind of since then really I've been just but you mentioned um, you, stuff. You, you touched on you've clearly got a uh, you've clearly got a, an area that you keep being drawn back to for me it's the fens and mm-hmm. for you it's um that sort of the, the coast and the beach and i guess oldbro um southwold yeah that i mean sort of thing. i've i've been sort of wrestling with this idea myself like i have always been drawn to it and it's because it's it's i was born in this area and i've never i've never left so it's all i've always been i've always lived no more than about 15 minutes away from that whole coastline so I guess, yeah, there's an element of I'm, I'm drawn to it and I want to photograph it. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. What I love, though, what I love, and now, Corey, there's a brewery in Southwold <laughs> called Adnams, A-D-N-A-M-S. Now, my yeah. favourite happens to be uh, a tipple called Ghost Ship. That's my, yeah. my favourite. Horrible, uh, horrible stuff, but yeah. Really? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, what I love is that you've taken one. You can buy these kegs if you go into the supermarket <laughs> or, or you go into the Adnams Brewery shop just off the high street in Southwold. Uh, Southwold is, is in the county of Suffolk where Neil comes from, Corey, and it's right over on the east coast of England. Next, yeah, I've been there before. Next to Norfolk. <laughs> yeah, you have, have <laughs> Which is where Alec Yate, where the other Alex comes from. This gets really confusing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, Norwich, so Neil has drunk all these eight pints of No, 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 no. Neil yeah. Neil Neil's father drank those eight pints or Did whatever. He? And I just said, <laughs> Oh, when you when you're done with that, I want to make mm. a camera out of the keg, please. So you've taken <laughs> you've taken this Southwold beer beer keg and you've plonked it in parts of Southwold and Suffolk and made images, which I think is so brilliant. That's awesome. Yeah. And the the thing I I like the most about Pinot also is everyone who describes it and talks about it when they first got into it is kind of like this thing, like you got hit hit in the head with a board, you know, it's like yeah, yeah. you were looking for something and, and as soon as you found it, and that's that's the same way with me when I found Pinot, uh, it was like, boom, oh, uh, this is, you know, well, yeah. what's going on here? And you automatically are just like, it just takes over, you know, everybody's story is kind of that same way about, about, about finding it's like the clouds, clouds moving away and you, and you, and you discovering something, you know, for whatever reason, but it just seems to completely come to the front of everything else. And absolutely just it, kind of take over. It was, it was the sort of realization, like I said, that you, you can make one out of, if you can make it light tight, yeah. you can make a camera, out, uh, make a pinhole camera out of it. That was the same thing with me when I first, um, kind of rediscovered pinhole i guess it was just i was the same way because i had been doing the whole digital thing of lens sharpness and lens test and put it on a tripod and used mm. a delayed timer and all you know and all this kind of stuff and then all of a sudden i was like oh all you need is just a i was like that can't what's going on you know what i mean like kind of like i looked at it i kind of approached approached it kind of apprehensively at first but then all of a sudden i was like all you need is just a box you know what i mean yeah. i was like ah oh, this is just blowing my mind right now one of one of the I didn't mention this one. One of the first ones that I actually because uh, uh, another thing that sort of blows me away is that you could if you've got a dead camera, chances are you can turn that into a, a pinhole camera. Yeah, if the, if the film me- film mechanism. Yeah, if the transport mechanism is fine. Yeah. So I got uh, again around one of my car boot sale wonders. I found an old, I think it's like a nineteen fifties. Uh, it's an Insign full view. Do you know? Do you know what they are? Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of it now on your Instagram, I think. No, oh, of course you are. That's a bit random. So it's for, yeah, I don't know if you'd call it a faux TLR. It's, it looks a bit like a Cyclops. So you're looking through the top of it, and it's got like a, a glass window, and it looks out through a, a, a circular window on the front. It's got a curve to the top, isn't it? Is yeah, yeah. yeah, it has, yeah. It's like a hammerite to sort of finish. Yeah, absolutely. That's the yeah, thing. it's beautiful. Yeah, it's not. It's it's ugly as hell. Absolutely ugly as hell. But this, but this, but this one that I found at this boot sale, I sort of picked it up. I was like, "That's a funny looking thing." Wonder what that is. And the shutter mechanism, the shutter and the actual taking lens, all screw off of the front on one plate. And on this particular one, it looked like someone had stood on it, so all the the lens was kind of bust up. So the guy, I think, the guy, I sort of picked it up and I was like, "Oh, it's bust." And he's like, "Oh, you can have that if you think it's any use." So. I took it, and then this was the first one I actually made. So I took the lens sort of board off, and then sort of underneath that, the shutter is simply just a, a plate that should, when it works properly, just spring open and spring closed. 
But with all that, the lens and the sort of mechanism away, it's just a plate that you could slide out and slide in or slide in, slide out of the way and slide back over. So I took that plate off and put like a, just a pinhole that I made out of a bit of a, bit of a Coke can or something in there and sort of put it all back together and it, it worked. And I can remember the first sort of pictures I got out of that were like, wow. Yeah. It, it, I've just, I've just converted my first camera into a pinhole camera. And since, are, they, since, are they the images of the church and the inside of the church that you took with that camera? Uh, I no, I don't think so. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. They're just next to the photograph on your Instagram. I just wondered if they were the ones. Uh, this, is, this is a while ago. I think those ones are, were recently. Okay. Um, but since then, I've sort of, I took it all apart and fitted again one of James's uh, laser pinholes in it. Yeah. And yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. Awesome. I have a camera that I want to convert, but that's another story. Maybe we should um, have a session on it. So I know, Alex, you've, um, you've converted a folder, haven't you? Have you? I'm thinking of the right Alex, aren't I? It wasn't that. That was that was Toby, wasn't it? Or was it Toby? Toby. Yeah, know. that's Toby. Yeah. I, thought I, haven't Toby. Even, I haven't even got the hey, name Toby. right. Hello, Toby. Hey, Toby. Hey, Toby. Hey, Toby. Yeah, well, we'll skip it. <laughs> but I have a folding junior Kodak camera, which is in beautiful condition, but it's got a rubbish lens. And I'm yeah. thinking of kind of breaking that apart and putting uh, one of James's pinholes on it. I've, I've yeah. got a folder that I started to convert to... Uh, I, I put a curved back on it by cutting up an old black bucket, the plastic from a bucket. I glued it inside and created <laughs> That's a, idea. a curved um, sort of channel yeah. for the film to go over. That's uh, awesome. I've ground to a halt with it, though, but I, it's something I want to return to because I think it would be quite... Remind okay. me not to have you come fix my boiler. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, I don't know if you, if you want to take a bit of a break sometime around here. We've got some dark room stuff to talk about and some shout-outs and what we've been up to, that sort of thing. Yeah, let's do that. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Cool. cool. So, everybody, we are back and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, scanning some 4x5, um, your pinhole negatives. Um, Alex has a pretty interesting way that he and he he does it, and I've just been making contact prints of mine and getting getting into scanning them that way. But Alex, how do you um? What's your what's your secret? Your little tips for getting four by five scanned? Yeah, I um I well I stitch them. So I I've only got, I've got a Canon, was it a Canon Scan nine thousand Mark Two? So it's just got this sort of narrow strip of backlight on the lid. Um, but I've c- cut a piece of a serial packet to make uh, a sort of film holder um, where I've marked it out to allow it to hold the uh, 4x5 negative, exposing half of it to the backlight on the sensor. Um, right. So, so just I, like, so you mean like just a cardboard box, you just cut it? Yeah, a just thin, cut, a thinner cardboard box. That's right. Yeah, marked it out, measured where the light, the backlight was, uh, drew a sort of rectangle on it, cut it out, used a stapler around the edge to make a, a sort of something that would locate the film, which is not great because it's going to scratch the glass eventually. But I put masking tape over it and things, <laughs> um, and then yeah, so the film kind of is held in where half of it is exposed. And the important bit is there's the little sort of recess when the 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 bar that goes across with the light in it and the sensor 
it sort of has to shine through. It took me a while to figure out that there's a, at the moment where it starts scanning, it kind of calibrates itself with the backlight. And you have to leave that little bit cut out. I'll send you a picture of it, but yeah. Um, and I was going to say, I'll, if you send me a picture of it, I'll put it up on the um, yeah the Instagram okay, cool. page so everybody can see it. That's the yeah. same it's... on like the Epson holders that the, the Epson five hundred that I have. It has the uh, little dots at the top, and I think if you cover those up, then it sends the it sends the scanner into uh, it gets mad. Yeah, it's mad at you. It says. That's right. I didn't. It was only after looking at my plastic scanners. I've not been able to get it to work. I looked at them and I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, that's this bit. So, yeah, it's quite simple, though. You just you scan the one half, do a preview so you can make all your adjustments of the curves and set the black and white point so that it's, you know, um, the exposure looks okay. Adjust the curve slightly for how you want to scan it. And then do that in the preview, hit scan. But then once it's scanned that, take the film out, rotate it to 180 degrees, put it back down, and then just hit scan again. Don't preview it the second time. So it takes all of the presets and the adjustments that you've made are identical for the second scan. And that way, when it imports it into your computer, and you can open up in... I've only got, uh, what was it, Photoshop Elements 12 or something. It's one of the basic ones from a few years ago. But in the drop-down boxes, you've got um, photo merge, panoramic, and then you just hit that, and it, it, you can find the two files, click on them, and it, it stitches them together for you. It's all automatic. That's cool. Uh, it's very rare that it, occasionally it'll not be able to do it, but um, on the odd occasion, I've had to scan it in three sections because it's struggling to find anything definite, because, uh, probably because it's pinhole and it's a bit blurry soft um, yeah but uh, yeah usually it'll just do it because it these the scans are you know, it is you, you're stitching together the same image so it's not like you've taken different shots and trying to skin them together and um stick them together so it's, it hasn't got much work to do really sure cool but, yeah it's really straightforward it's quite um it's quite quick and easy to do really yeah i put that... I, put, I put mine in the enlarger and just project the image down onto photosensitive paper. Just yeah, that's, that's <laughs> nice. If you, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can afford a 4 by 5 in large. Although, I tell you what I have, I did actually, I tell you what I have, <laughs> well, I didn't pay a lot of money for it. I, I'd maybe swap it for a Holger, no, I won't. No. Yeah, you will. You no, will. No, no, no. We've all heard that. It's on its way. Um, <laughs> i tell you what, I'll just tell you I'll swap it, okay? But if you post your Holger first, then I'll put the um, Devere 504 in the post to you. Okay. Cool. I completely trust you. <laughs> <laughs> what I did back this week was um, Hamish Gill's um, little Kickstarter, his, his little plastic uh, scanning device called the Pixelator. That looks cool. Now, I, I backed it mainly for my daughter, who's got into film photography and doesn't have a lot of money and is look for, looking for a quick and easy way to get a digital image from the film process that she enjoys so much. So I'm thinking Hamish's Pixelator will work. And that actually has a setting on it for 4x5. So you, if you have Snapseed or some other type program on your phone, um, you can import that in for image and do an inversion. Quite easy with black and white. I think with color it might be <coughs> might be a little bit more tricky. You know? Maybe you have to do something <coughs> to get rid of the orange. Um, mm. Yeah. Orange cool. Path, so you've got that option as well. I, ba- I backed it also. Um, yeah. Good. Why not? 
<laughs> he wasn't asking that much to do it, so I figured, no, wasn't, so. hey, you know, it's, 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 and actually, I mean, it's, I, um, the four by five is why I, I kind of just went ahead and did it. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of people would have done that, or in my case, just so I can give it to my daughter and say, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See, so, so I, I haven't, I haven't yet backed it, but, uh... but, 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 but sitting here in front of me, I actually have a beta test version of the pixelator that oh, cool. very kindly sent me. And I can say it's it's really good. Um I like you like you probably I don't I haven't shot any sort of four by five film. Um but a while back Hamish put out on some whether it was by email or some some sort of interaction saying I'm looking for beta testers and uh, anyone interested, shout shoot me an email and say why you're sort of interested and and we'll see what we can do. And I just sent him an email saying that I, I don't currently shoot four by five, but because it's it, it, he set it up so you can, it obviously works with like thirty five millimeter and one twenty as well. I wanted to see what it would be like for that, and I also yeah. wanted to know whether it would be handy for. And this apologies, but this isn't pinhole related. I wanted to know if it would be handy for digitizing uh, other slightly peculiar film sizes specifically like one 110 negatives or 127 negatives or sure. things like that and it's 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 great i mean you've, you've you but prob- you haven't got the you haven't got the masks for those film sizes but i did read something on his faqs that yeah uh, you can no you I, have, can I haven't got the mask for it but you can even with just the beta you can you can get a feel i mean i've i have digitized 110 negs that it works so how it I mean, none of you guys have presumably got one of these, but you know how it how it works, yeah? I've seen the video that Hamish put out on the kickstart. You, you put the light source behind it, like... So, yeah, you've got a piece of, of plastic of some description that I guess you could say is like a bit of ground glass, um, and it's got, like, pegs that come through it, and you've got a top peg, a bottom peg, and a left and right, and you lay your... your if you if you're doing 120, say you lay it across the two side pegs, and it's then got a mask that goes over the top, clips in place, and it holds it down and holds it flat. So it the you you've obviously got your the bottom edge of your strip of 120 sits on these two pegs, and then you've got little sort of slotted masks that then mask off the rest of it so that you can focus on that particular frame. But as it stands, there's no reason why you can't sit any sort of roll film or size on those two pegs and the, sure. the plate then holds it down, holds it flat and it does a, it does a fantastic job for what it is. I mean, I, I think the idea was that you'd, you'd use a, a maybe a DSLR with a macro lens, ideally on a copy stand. Um, I was using it last night with some 110 eggs and on a, on my tripod on a light box and it, yeah, it worked great. Cool. cool. Have you used it? Have you tried it just to my daughter, she doesn't have digital SLRs or macro lenses. Mm-hmm. What sort of, how are you getting, what sort of results are you getting using your iPhone? Um, perfectly acceptable, to be honest. Not as, not as good, obviously, as if you were using the quote-unquote professional camera. But yeah. if you're wanting to digitize something quick for social media, absolutely fantastic. Absolutely perfect. brilliant. Probably what yeah. you'll do, yeah. I mean, you can... Cool. Uh, you can it works against any light source. I've, I've got it in my hand right now. I'm just holding it in front of my my MacBook Pro screen, and it works through that. 
and then you hold it up to the light, it works through that. You like, I think in Hamish's video, he sort of puts it up against just a, a window. Well, and, you've got uh, a window with a white, with like a white piece of card, or I think maybe a white table, and the light's bouncing off that, isn't it, from the window? Yeah, no, it, it works absolutely fine. Is it just um, a, like an opaque bit of acrylic or something? Is it? Yes, is it, yeah, right. yes, exactly. Yeah, what type of plastic is I don't know. Go, it's, go it's, on to yeah. uh, Kickstarter, uh, Alex, when you get a minute, and type in pixelator, which is spelled in a really weird way, or spell. <laughs> Alex, it's spelled P I X L, and then a hyphen, and then L A T R. Mm. Right. Yeah. Cool. And Hamish has still got maybe another twenty-five days on this, and it's. I think yeah. he's after about nine, eight or nine thousand pounds, he's up to about thirty-six or thirty-seven now. Yeah, Andre on negative positives this week was, uh, or today when I was listening, was talking about how it it sort of smashed through what he wanted in like the first couple of hours or so. Yeah, it really did. Absolutely yeah. amazing. But you see, you're not asking for a lot, and it's something really useful. And he's been working at it a long time because you know he's gone through lots of different uh, prototypes. And he he um he finally nailed the design by um, speaking to the uh, to, to Steve, his name's Steve, isn't it? Who designed the Chroma yes. camera, which is also made out of acrylic, uh, the Chroma four by five, five by four camera, which was a Kickstarter, and that yeah. blew, that blew through its uh, target in a matter of days, I think. So he's taken some of the material and design knowledge from Steve to cool. build his Pixelator. So, yeah, so I I. I, I I mean, these, I back these things automatically nearly always, you know, as long as it's not like thousands of pounds. Sure. But no, so, yeah, really good piece of kit. And like you say, it's got like the little sort of slot-in stand as well, so you can, yeah, hold it up at an angle against a window or a window light or whatever without actually having to hold it. does a great job. And is that, awesome. your, is that your means of digitising 4x5 Negs, Neil? Or did you have bits of cardboard tucked away somewhere? No, it's like, like I say, I haven't, I haven't shot any four by five film yet. I've been, and Alex, you're just go back to what we were talking about in the earlier segment. Your, uh, your homemade four by five pinhole camera that inspired Andrew also inspired my first one as well. Oh, right, wow! So, so basically, again, like Ash, um, Ashley's dad, my father-in-law, I said I gave him. I think I screen grabbed a picture of one that that you'd put on Instagram and was like. Again, here is a reality so subtle pinhole. Here is a four by five holder. Work out a method of holding them this this distance <laughs> apart. Right. But, uh, the, this guy I know through the internet has made one that looks like this, and he came back with with uh, one for me. Uh, cool. So you've inspired at least two people with that. Yeah, that's right, uh, Alex. Awesome. You're such you're such an inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, have you have you shoved your microphone into a Water. <laughs> Sorry, no, I was, um, I'd let it drop away from my mouth. I said, Alex, you're such an inspiration. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, uh, I was miles away and I let the microphone drop away. Is that better? That is better. Yeah, that's better. Okay. Yeah, sorry. That's, accept- that's acceptable now, Andrew. Thank well, you. compared with some of the sound quality, no, it's had, too close. <laughs> compared with some of the sound quality we've had in the last um, 15 weeks, it's not too bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, it is. Well, how, well, that's um. What has everybody been shooting this last this last couple of weeks? Um, I haven't really been doing very much, so I don't have much to say. So we'll let our guests talk. 
Yeah. Well, I've been I've been using this really nice reality so subtle six by six F. Oh, where did you get that from? I love I, mine too. I don't know. Uh, some some random some random that I met on the on a major road in the middle of England gave it to me. Yeah. So yeah. how dodgy does this sound? At you sort of some, <laughs> some so, so two guys hook up online to arrange to meet in a rather seedy <laughs> seedy Starbucks to talk about pinhole photography yeah and a, and, a, and, a, and there's a picture of the other guy's knees yeah there is yeah <laughs> uh, so i've nearly i was um when i was away this week and i was bored i was on online and i thought oh, i'm gonna get myself some of that raleigh infrared you know that gimmicky infrared stuff yeah that's, and that's... um and i thought i've seen some uh r72 filters that aren't too expensive um, there's one I might bid on on eBay, but I shouldn't tell people that because it's not very expensive at the moment anyway. Oh, is um, that really? But yes, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have told you, should I? I, I, don't and, have, uh, I don't have the money to go trawling eBay at the moment. No, no. You're, you're bound from eBay at the moment. As well. <laughs> so how, how are you finding oh, those? You, how, you how, as well. <laughs> so I, I, nearly, I nearly bought some IR film and a nice 52mm um, filter, but I thought, well, I'm not sure that I'll ever see my reality so subtle <laughs> camera again. Neil, you have to send it to me first. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send it to Andrew. I'm not sure. I'd love to, Alex, but I'm not sure it's actually going to leave. <laughs> mm. How have you been finding those two? Um, uh, they're really, they're really good. I'll be honest. I, every time I want one, I pick up the reality. I've shot yeah. one roll of um, Acros through the, through the zero. Yeah. And it was it was really good. It was really cool. Um, but there's just something about. See, uh, I sort of said this. I, I I want to to buy one or the other. I'm not really in a position to buy, I, buy both, as much as I'd like to. So I wanted to sort of see which one worked for me. And there was the reality with the the fact that you can wind on and wind back, and it's got the the filter thread on the front and the little magnetic shutter and everything that. I really like that little, and it's so compact, isn't it? It will literally fit in your. I was going to say you can you can put it anywhere, and and if mm. you don't have to worry about the shutter tripping, you can just no. drop it in a bag, take it out, whatever. It's got, it's got the the lens cap on it, and mm-hmm. if you take that off, it's got like the sliding shutter underneath. It's really mm-hmm. hard to file on the stake. But then there's the the zero, which looks really cool, and Andrew, <laughs> the model that you loaned me has got the the cable release on it, which is such a great idea. But it doesn't it doesn't wind back, and that's a real sort of sticking point. Not unless you buy one of Todd's lids. Unless you buy one of Todd's lids. But you can, yeah, 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 definitely. But then it's more money, isn't it? It is more money, and it doesn't. It's it's a great idea, but it doesn't look the part, does it? No, I think he said he could do them out of wood too. Did he? That would that that would be more. That would be cool. Yeah. I know. I know it shouldn't be a bad lid, but you buy the. You know, I've had my zero. It's. 17, 18 years old, so it's a bit, it's getting a bit sort of, uh, you know, the lacquer's kind of got a bit messed up and stuff. Yeah. But when it's new, it's just a thing of beauty, isn't it? And I think, yeah. you know, uh, uh, and uh, not, Todd's going to come on the on the show, so we have to be nice. And I think it's a great thing. But Todd, you need to make one out of wood, mate. And one that, <laughs> one, one that matches the zero finish. Or at least for Micah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he's three. He's three D printing all those. Yeah. So that's that's. Can't you where... use wood? Can't you use wood for three D printing? Him? I'm not sure the technology's there for that yet. Oh right, okay. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, I'm not sort of honed up on it. I maybe asked Todd that. No, I think you're probably right. Mm. So you're going to buy the reality, are you? So when can I have it back? I think so. Well, this is the problem that I mean. I know that you've uh, 
not very subtly requested it re- requested it back on several occasions. But I'm kind, I'm kind of using it to um, to shoot this master's project that I'm working on at the moment, so I'm kind of reluctant to give it back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and really, he's busy. I mean, are like you really alone? I am. I am. Yeah, I'm actually okay. doing like, right. proper work with well, it. Okay, well that's cool. But that... you're good. As long as you're doing proper work with it, it's fine. I'm actually using my six by twelve quite a lot. See, see, this I hope is I get thing. credit. Do I get a credit when you? You, uh... you can have you can have credit. I'll drop in there somewhere that camera kindly loaned, not given, loaned by Mr. Andrew Barton. I thought you'd been <laughs> remarkably. I thought you'd been remarkably quiet and not risen to any of my subtle hints. Well, that's because I, I didn't want you basically knocking on my door saying, "Can I have it back?" <laughs> yeah, because I do it. So. I've got all these addresses from people where I'm going to send postcards out to, which is all I've been up to. If you want to ask me how my week has gone, oh, of course. So you, you've you've actually got my address, so you could so, go knocking on my door for it back. So now I've got <laughs> I've got about twenty five people's addresses. And I know where loads of people live. <laughs> Damn. So you fell for that one, didn't you? That was that was your plan all along, wasn't it? You're not going yeah, to send I'm out not, postcards to no, anybody. You just wanted to know where I lived. <laughs> Yeah, so that's so, what I'm doing. So I'll be finishing those postcards this weekend anyway, and I'll be cropping those images down. Postcards or uh, <laughs> fishing scam. Yeah. <laughs> so the the only problem with your plan is I, mm. I, I live just around the corner from my in-laws, literally just around the corner, and I quite often use their postal address to have posts sent to because it's a lot easier to have dun, stuff delivered. Dun, dun. And I can't remember if I gave you my actual address or that. No, well, I shan't so. repeat it on air just in case you get like <laughs> people turning up. Trying to steal you your got a, um, so to steal between my... your. I was going to say, trying to steal Go my ahead. collection of Mewtwo's. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a Holger wide, do you? By any chance? I, I don't. I don't own. A, I don't own a Holger at all. I have a Diana, but I don't have a Holger. Maybe that's what I think. That's what I'm going to name name the episode of this show. Um, you don't happen to have an extra Holger wide, do you? <laughs> I mean, if 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 I find one at a car boot sale, Andrew, and I will find one at some point, it's yours, I will, buddy. I will be sure to to give you a in it. Yeah, actually, <laughs> somebody else has fallen for this postcard trick. I actually know where you live as well, Alex. <laughs> I have your address. <laughs> and, so, and I I know you're out at work quite a bit, and I can just uh, mm. Alex take that camera with you wherever you go, mate. <laughs> it's All in the right. van. <laughs> well, let's uh let's uh wrap this one up. We're getting long on time, but we want to let uh Alex uh and Neil let everybody know where they can find you guys at. Yeah. Um well, I'm Grainy Blur on uh Twitter and Instagram and just Alex Purcell on Flickr. Yay, Flickr. Boo, hey, I'm on Flickr. Hey, I'm on Flickr. No, you're not. He is. I <laughs> posted twice. <laughs> Neil, how about you, buddy? Um, I'm mainly on Instagram, uh, just Neil underscore Piper. Uh, my my Instagram automatically posts to my Twitter and to my uh, Flickr and various other things, but I don't actively hang out on those platforms much. So I'm an Instagram person. Do yeah. you have? Do you two guys have? A shout out for anybody that you'd like to uh, oh, yeah. let, let listeners go look at. Go look at. I do, yeah. Um, there's a couple. There's um, uh, Nyman Photo at Nyman Photo on Instagram. 
he's the guy who first inspired me in uh, pinhole photography. Yeah, I think he lives in Sweden. He's a uh, like a fireman for uh, an airport, I believe. But you, so you'd have to scroll back quite a bit. But he he took some of the first zero image shots that I was really taken with, and he's messaged me fairly recently saying that he's building a four by five. So expect good things from him soon because yeah, a lot of his shots recently are kind of about running and food and stuff. But yeah, he's he's a really good photographer as well. And there's a, another guy who lives near me, Sandia Lynch. Well, yep. I think Andrew, you know, I Sandia. do. I've known, I've known him from uh, the forums. Uh, yeah, he, he builds a lot of really cool cameras. Uh, he's, he's bellows. He's a bellows craftsman and a proper camera craftsman. He lives near you, does he? I didn't realise. He he lives in Pontadawi, which is the where I grew up, which is only about ten miles from where I live now. Have you, have you met him? I have. Yeah, we met up at a hot rod racing weekend at Pendine, and uh, oh, Pendine Sands. Yeah, they they do this nineteen forties. Uh, hot rod racing. Which they is dug really cool. a they dug a racing car up there, didn't they? That's right, Babs. Yeah, yeah. It was the early land speed record. That's it. Um, yeah, Sandy is brilliant. He's a really nice guy. When I first started making a, my big muff pinhole camera, he was awesomely helpful. He sent me bits like the uh, tripod mounts and yeah. uh, like some cold shoe bits and pieces. And it was just awesome. He's a really nice guy. So he's a really good guy for information. Well, next I, time I'm in South Wales, um, yeah, I'll. I'll Reach I'll message him, him and mm. uh, we'll come meet you. Yeah, that'd be cool. cool. He's, a, he's a good guy. Neil, you got a shout out? Um, a couple, yeah. Um, so there's a. I don't know whether you you follow these these guys already, but the first one is a guy called Peter Caronia. Mm-hmm. Um, I he's do. A, he's on Instagram as Peter G Caronia. Does a lot of uh, I think four by five landscape work um, on slide film. I think. Really, really cool, really inspirational stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, the second one that I'd like to give a shout out to is, I don't think he's really pinhole, but he's all for making stuff. And that's Brendan Barry. Do you know Brendan Barry? I don't know he's, Brendan Barry. He's uh, at Brendan Barry photo on Instagram. And he makes uh, lens based cameras, but out of the most random things um, like pineapples, loads of bread, sheds. <laughs> That's cool. Like, just <laughs> like, and he's uh, again, although it's sort of lens based, he's given me sort of so many ideas for. It goes back to what we were talking about about making pinhole cameras out of anything. Yeah, and his his feed is just constantly amazing. Um, and there's a just a third one quickly. I don't know this this person's name. I don't even know how to pronounce it. But on Instagram, he's at I must spell it L U B A J A R dot I D. Um, he has on his website lots of templates for card pinhole cameras that you can print out and fold up and sort of make yourself like little 35 millimeter things. Cool, which, uh, which are really cool. They seem to work really well, um, and they look like a great thing for getting getting like new people, specifically like kids maybe, into into pinhole photography. Awesome. So yeah, cool. Oh, you, can, you can get those details off um, our guests and put them on the show notes which appear on the anchor app yep yeah uh, so if you go on to anchor with uh, apologies for folks this week who uh, uh tried to listen to us and found they couldn't um but that's all fixed now that was, uh, well you can get the the show notes or show up um on any of the podcatcher podcast catchers that you listen to in the comments right. area i put all the show notes right there yeah okay. I, I listen for the um for the itunes or whatever it is the apple podcast app and they always show up at the bottom of that mm-hmm 
Well, there we go. Awesome. So if, if any of the listeners out there want to do a uh, call-in to us, they can download the Anchor app and uh, do a one-minute call-in. That's all we'd love to hear those. Yeah. Or if they want to send emails, we love emails. We don't get yep. many. No. Nope. We, keep, we keep asking. And all we uh-huh. see is tumbleweed blowing across the surface. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, there'll be... Uh, go on, correct me. No, I was going to say that's... Uh, Speaking of tumbleweeds, um, you have a photo walk planned soon, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a low blow. No, I think there might be. There I'm might trying be, to get uh, everybody to know about it, though, this way, Andrews. No, to, uh, yes, there might be. A, there might be. There might. There may be two or three of us. So on the 30th, that's next uh, Saturday, uh, eight days' time, we'll be uh, meeting up in Brick Lane in London, around uh, about 11, I think I said. If you go onto the photo walk me uh, website the one that's run by uh, Martin Smith, and who may actually be there. And, uh, so is this otherwise, a... it'll just be me and Evil Chutney together. <laughs> is this a, a pinhole walk or just no, a photo walk? Or... No, it's any, any kind of bring, walk. Bring whatever you want to bring. Absolutely. Any, anything goes. Anything goes with me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we have heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to stop there. I think we should. <laughs> so if you want to... Um have a look at find me you can find me on instagram at pinhole cannon and you can also find the show on instagram at the lensless podcast and you can find us uh on twitter at the lensless so not not the podcast bit but at the lensless and we have a Flickr group which is uh we only let uh talented and lovely people into that so curry's not on it i'm not on it Rubbish, um, rubbish. Um, You've let yeah. me into it, and I don't even really use Flickr. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'll take it back. So it, it is actually a really good place to view people's photographs in a slightly bigger way than Instagram. Yeah. And there are some, there's a few little discussions going, and I, I kind of keep an eye on that and try and uh, encourage folk to post on to Flickr. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Oh, Facebook group. Did you mention Facebook group? We have that. That's quite active. Yep. And... Then you can email Corey at the Lensless Podcast at yahoo.com. That's right. I'll be patiently awaiting. Yeah. He does, he'll be waiting by his screen between now and next week. <laughs> watching, the, watching the seconds tick away. So lonely. Somebody send us an email, please. Yeah. But thanks, guys, for coming. Yeah, um, thank you very much. We appreciate it so much for hanging out and doing this um oh, it's a pleasure oh, pleasure thank you it's very possible you might hear either neil or alex in the future yep. so if you want to hear them again on another show send me an email man you're, you're just desperate for an email <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna send you an email later okay yeah. go ahead that's good uh, and, yeah. a, and a call-in we need call-ins as well call-ins, yeah. i sent i sent a call-in the other week didn't i i don't know yeah, I did because I was yeah. thank- I was thanking you for for loaning me your beautiful cameras. Oh, I put it on the show. Yes, you did. Yeah, I, yeah. I put it in the show. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yep, you heard it. I did. Yes, well done. Right. Is that it? Then? Already, that's it. Yeah. Hope everybody has a great week, uh, and we'll talk to everybody soon. We Thanks for sh- hanging out and listening. Shoot pinholes, be nice. That's the yeah. yeah. Shoot them and be nice. Bye, everybody. Take it easy. Bye. Thanks, bye. Cheers, bye.